Winning Words, Speaking Life to Influence Others. That's the title of my book. Hi, I'm Ross Gelseth, and today's session is on the power of encouragement. In preparation for my book, I wanted the content of the book to help people use words that will positively influence others. And so today, I'm going to spend a few moments with you talking about the power of encouragement. Now, here's some definitions. Encouragement has been defined as something that gives hope, that gives determination, or adds confidence to someone. Another paraphrase is the act of giving hope or confidence to. So encouragement can be a noun, but it can also be a verb. And today, as we spend some time together, I want to work with you to help you better understand the noun, but also to better understand the verb. In other words, how can you use the word and words to encourage others. Let me give you some synonyms for the word encouragement. Words like inspiration, words like impulse, words like incentive, a word like momentum, a word like motivation, a motivation like stimulant or stimulus to boost, to lift up, to help. Why did I decide at the age of 19 years old when I was going to college that I wanted to become a coach? Because I I had been so influenced by coaches in my childhood and in my high school years and in my early college years. Athletics was something I loved as a young man. And part of the reason I loved it was because I not only loved the game, loved to compete, but I loved to learn from coaches. And I was inspired and I was motivated. Coaches provided a stimulus to me. And so when I made a decision to go into coaching, I knew that I wanted to have the same level or a greater influence than those coaches had on me. Now, If you pause for a moment, just think about something here. Put your thinking hat on. Would you rather be coached by a person that inspires, motivates, and lifts you up and says you can do it, or would you think you would succeed if you were constantly talked down to? You were constantly saying, next time you can do this, or you can do better, or, Ross, that's not good enough. I think it's a pretty simple choice. And the reason I went into coaching was to inspire and lift up young people by saying the right things at the right time. Part of coaching, for example, is preparing a pregame speech. Did I ever stand in front of my football teams for 35 years and say before a game, man, you can't win this game but just do your best. Or men, we know 
you're going to get beat. We know they're better. No, not for a moment. Every pregame message I prepared for my team was done so to encourage them, inspire them, motivate them, stimulate them that they could do it, so to speak. So it was always about the power of positive affirmation, the power of encouragement. Let me give you another little example. In the book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is one of the all-time best sellers. It's a great read. And in that book, Dale Carnegie talks about a friend, Pete Barlow. And Pete Barlow had a dog and pony act and spent his life traveling with circuses and vaudeville shows. Now, Dale talks of loving to watch Pete train new dogs for his act. So if you think about this, Pete Barlow could not sustain his livelihood on the same dogs during his career. He had to be training new dogs. But one of the things that Dale Carnegie noticed in Pete was that when a, the moment a dog showed the slightest improvement, Pete patted that dog on the head and praised him and gave him meat and he made a great to-do about it. In other words, he helped the dog realize the dog had done well. Animal trainers have been using this same technique for centuries. And yet, in Dale's book, he challenges us in that, why don't we as humans use the same common sense when we try to work with people to change people? Why don't we use meat instead of a negative or a whip? Why don't we praise instead of condemn? Just a great little example. Another illustration from the psychologist Jess Lair. He talks about the power of praise. And praise is one of the powers of encouragement. Here's what he says. Praise is like sunlight to the warm human spirit. We cannot flower and grow without it. And yet, while most of us are only too ready to apply to others the cold wind of criticism, we are somehow reluctant to give our fellow man the warm sunshine of praise. Think about that for a moment. Are you intentional? And how can I help you become more intentional about providing sunlight, providing hope, providing praise to people. Powerful. If before we speak, we remember praise, 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 lift up. I remember years ago, listening to Bill Glass. Bill Glass was a great defensive end for the Cleveland Browns years ago in the 60s and the 70s and played in the NFL, but he developed a ministry. He traveled all over the nation after his football career was over. And he talked about the blessing. I never will forget his teaching 
at Life Center in Tacoma, Washington on a Sunday morning. I'm sitting in the pew with my wife, Ronnie. And here's this big, powerful man, esteemed NFL player, on his knees on the platform, talking about sharing the blessing. What was Bill Glass's point? He was talking and giving examples in his own life and the lives of others where the power of encouragement was so crucial to other people. And let me give you a little bit of a nudge here. There's no more more important people than your own children. And Bill Glass talks so much about the importance of giving the blessing, which meant he was intentional about speaking life into his own children, not just, hey, you did well there, or that was nice to see, or yes, you did it. Instead, he took the time to share the blessing. And the blessing was a blessing of hope, of encouragement, and motivation. And part of the blessing that I learned from Bill Glass on that Sunday morning, I bought two of his books. But one of the things I learned that I applied to my own two sons, Brandon and Tyler, is I needed to be intentional per the teaching from Bill Glass about sharing the blessing. And the blessing was a promise that I could make to them that I wanted them to believe that they were going to be blessed. It was sharing the blessing, giving the blessing. Now I could have, just like Pete Barlow and the dog, after the dog improved a little bit, Pete Barlow could have just moved on and expect the dog to keep improving. But instead he paused and he made a great to-do about the improvement. So in my role as a father, I needed to share the blessing, give the blessing to my sons. So it was an act of, for example, I remember using these words when I would tuck my boys into bed when they were less than 10 years old. Never once did I speak failure into my sons. Never once did I speak doubt into my sons. Never once did I speak skepticism into my sons. Instead, instead I spoke life, I spoke encouragement, and I would say, and I would use phrases like, Brandon, you are going to be a great man someday. Or Tyler, you have a great life ahead of you. You are going to do very well. What's it about? It's about using words and the power those words have to encourage. Let me give you another little teaching here from John Wooden, who's one of the most successful, if not the most successful college basketball coach of all time. Here's what he said about approval as compared to disapproval and how to use the two of them. He said this, approval is a great motivator. I try to follow up, follow up any criticism with a pat on the back 
realizing that I cannot antagonize and influence at the same time. First sentence he said, approval is a great motivator. So if you want to motivate people, choose words that will speak approval into them. Call out greatness in people. Speak encouragement into them. Speak hope. Speak motivation. Then he says, I try to follow up any criticism. At times we need to use words to critique people. But John Wooden was intentional about following up any criticism with a pat on the back. In other words, as soon as he had had to use a critique with a player or players, his entire team, he followed up with a pat on the back. Uh, Hey, I caught you doing something right. And he called that out and called it to their attention. And he did so because John Wooden knew that antagonizing someone by proclaiming their shortcomings or saying you didn't do it was not the kind of influence that he wanted. He wanted influence that was positive, that would lift up, that would build his team, that would prepare his team for competition, that would move his team one bit closer to greatness. Why did John Wooden win so many national championships at UCLA? Well, it was a given that he had some very good players. But let's be honest, there's lots of good players in college basketball around the country over the decades. One of the differences was that John Wooden was the was the consummate encourager to his teams. And he built teams, not individuals. Individuals became great teams at UCLA. Let me talk to you about the word speak life. Why is that a part of my title for the book? During my journey as the headmaster at Life Christian Academy, we came up with core values that we were willing as a leadership team, we were willing to live those core values. And one of those core values, and so many schools struggled with bullying and kids being cruel to others, and how did that happen? It happened because of words. You could talk about teasing. When it got worse, you could talk about bullying. You could talk about harassment. None of which is good. So we wanted to create a culture at Life Christian Academy that was positive, that was uplifting, and most importantly, it would teach kids that they could speak life to others. It was a choice. The power of encouragement, people, is a choice. You can give power to others by encouraging them, by giving them hope. So back to the illustration of speak life became one of our core values. We launched these core values in front of our entire student body, our faculty, staff, our families, We promoted them, promoted them, promoted them because we wanted those core values to define the culture at Life Christian Academy. We didn't want teasing. We didn't want bullying. We didn't want harassment. We didn't want negativity. So we chose to teach young people how to speak life. 
before they said anything, we encourage them to think for a moment, is what I'm going to say about to be positive? Is it going to be received in a positive manner? Or is it going to be discouraging? Am I going to build up or am I going to tear down? Am I going to encourage or discourage? Am I going to gain a friend or lose a friend? Am I going to help a situation or make it worse? It's a choice. Speak life. Einstein said this, In the middle of every difficulty lies opportunity. Albert Einstein. In the middle of every difficulty lies opportunity. Let me close with this illustration. You may be in the midst of the storm called a pandemic. You may be in a situation where you yourself can use more encouragement. And Lord, if that's the situation, I would say, help find people that will speak life to you. Read encouragement materials, books, magazine articles, whatever. Find things that will feed your spirit, so to speak. But see every challenge for what it is. It's also an opportunity. Here's a perfect example that I learned on the farm as a young boy. When we would go through winter and we get to March and days would get longer, the temperatures would rise, the snow would melt. My dad was a farmer, so we began preparing to plant the crop. Now, here's what I want you to see as encouragement. The spring gives us opportunity for to realize a promise. What's the promise? The promise is that there's a harvest coming. In other words, there's a good result coming. We simply need to be faithful. My dad taught me this. He would say, Ross, faith is putting the seed in the ground to expect a harvest. One kernel of seed going in the ground would produce a plant that would produce multiple seeds when the harvest came. So in your spirit right now, I would encourage you to look at this season as this is spring, this is opportunity to plant and expect a harvest. Let me give you an example. Two weeks ago, I wanted to create a rose garden in the yard in a home that we moved to recently. There were no roses in the yard and I've raised roses for a long time. Now, what did my attitude what encouragement did I need when I went to buy those roses? Those roses represent an investment of hard-earned money. Why was I willing to spend money on those plants, even though none of them had a rose on them? Because I expected a harvest. Why did I bring them home and use careful instruction and what I learned over the years about preparing the seedbed, so to speak, preparing the soil, because I was preparing for a harvest. Are you expecting a harvest? Why did I carefully put each one of those plants in the ground, letting the roots spread? Why have I continued to 
put the soil around, back in around the roots and pat them down just so. Why did I make sure that the soil was as warm as possible? Why have I continued to water each one of those rose plants? Because I'm expecting a harvest. So in this season, see my words to you as empowering you, encouraging you, the power of encouragement. Plant in the spring and expect a harvest, my friends. Thanks for being with me. Winning words, speaking life to influence others. Use encouraging words. Thank you.